I don't think it's surprising that they chose to do this over near Automata, anything like that. Like, <laughs> the other game, you have to delete your your HBO account. <laughs> you have to throw your television into the street <laughs> to get the true ending exactly. of that exactly show. Hey, welcome to Video Game Podtimism. It's the Optimist video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. My name is Chase. My name is David. I'm not ready. You didn't warm me up. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Brad Pitt's haircut in 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 the film Fury. The tightest undercut that there's ever been. David has kind of a similar undercut right now. Which looks, I, uh, from from me to you, listener, pretty good. I'm into that. My girlfriend did it. It looks great. You've you've got you've got the texture. We were saying that like it takes the right the right texture to do that kind of haircut mm-hmm. without looking like it's just like a whole thing. You've got the the beautiful silky Peruvian hair. Oh, thank thank you. That just falls back on your head real nicely. I appreciate it. I just wish I had the beautiful Bradley Pitt face now. You wouldn't don't, see don't me do- ever again. <laughs> This would be the last episode of Podtimism. <laughs> I got handsome things to go do now. <laughs> Excuse me, video games? What? Sorry, dude. I'm going to go look good somewhere. <laughs> Never played him in my life. Who the fuck is Mario? I don't know that guy anymore. We Before we recorded, we were just looking at JPEGs of Brad Pitt and Fury and being like, yeah, nice. Good cut. Well done. You you did it, yeah. Brad. Who can who can ever say that he's not looking good in that cut in that movie? Yeah, I I talked to some some friends recently, and they were like, "Yeah, I just don't really find Brad all that attractive." I'm like, "Man, I I don't know what to tell you." Hmm. It makes no sense. You divided by zero right there. Yeah. I well, I I will say I sort of suspect that like Brad Pitt is kind of male gazy in a weird way. Mm. Like he's coded to look good for guys, is what I feel like. He's a man's man. Kind of, yeah. Like, there's a certain air of, like, just over-masculinity that I think is probably, like, it's it's trying to be attractive to other guys. Like, when sometimes when, like, the people in my life tell me who are attracted to guys, like, some of the guys they list are just, like, weird little, little fellas. Like, <laughs> just strange, kind of Weird odd. little fellas. Yeah. Are these, like, are these gnomes? <laughs> like, not necessarily, but, like... Skinny little gobliny dudes, like they oh. cut, they look weird from certain angles, and like Skinny it's it dudes. it doesn't really it, my my brain can't square it. Like Gilbert Gottfried or something like that. <laughs> God, I wish that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> or who's the other one? Who was the? He's the guy who's in the uh, How do you do, my fellow kids? Meme. What's that guy's name? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. I think there is some Buscemi sexuals out there. <laughs> There, this is how far away we are from understanding this this dynamic that Gilbert Godfrey and Steve Buscemi were the first weird little dudes that jumped into your mind. I mean, that's what I that's that's what I got. That's what I'm working yeah, with in here. Yeah, Pete Davidson. I that's closer. We're getting closer. I think. Have you been playing video games, David? Uh, I, I I have been good good <laughs> good abrupt segue. We didn't need to go any further down that road. It looks like you podcast. forgot we were recording a video game podcast. You like a oh, snap back just, to reality. Real I was quick. just thinking about Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Those big lustful eyes. <laughs> Those big moist eyes. Anyways, he looks kind of yeah. like one of those basilisks from uh, Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all those games. Oh my god, the the frog guys that'll like yes. give you curse. He will curse you. 
real Holy bastards. Shit, you're, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pondering on that one while you're talking about video I games. I was about to David. say, am I wrong? I don't think I am. Anyways, no. Steve Buscemi, yeah. by the way, is a fantastic actor. I do enjoy his his work. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's done some great work. <laughs> Just to be clear, but yeah, I have been playing video games, Chase. Could you tell me about him, please? I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Okay. Eight. Mallor- I Mallory, eight. Yes, Mallory has finally saw seen the light of Mario Kart. Oh sure, yeah. She's got the bloodlust. She started getting like some second and third places behind me. <laughs> a weird flex. Okay. A little flex. Yeah. But yeah, so she's uh, she's really getting into it. And then pretty much every night it's just been, uh, let's play Mario Kart. Let's play Mario Kart. Let's yeah. play Mario Kart. So she's, she's getting into it and she's getting a lot better. Which is fun to see. Um, and I will always play Mario Kart. It's like, I, 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 I'm I always surprised at how consistently Mario Kart both is a crowd pleaser and always on the Nintendo Switch best selling games. It's consistently on there, no matter no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it is just an instant buy for anybody who buys a Switch. It's like, you have to have Mario Kart. You have to have it. Yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't, this isn't exactly one-to-one, but it feels kind of like the, uh, the like Wii Sports of the Switch generation. Like you, mm. this is such a perfect version of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe that it has like a hundred or whatever courses and like every Nintendo character you could ever want to play as. Mm-hmm. And like the racing is like sublime. Oh, the racing is so good. It's I I don't I honestly don't think it's been better in any other Mario game. Absolutely not. This is this is the pinnacle of Mario racing, which is why they haven't had the need to change it in like yeah. almost ten years. It's the same game. Yeah. That came out what was it, twenty fourteen? I think so. It was with the Wii U. It right? was with the Wii U. Yeah. It was 2013, 2014. That is an old engine that this game is running on, but they just <laughs> slap a new coat of paint on it release some yeah. new levels and it's like it's brand new again honestly so impressive that they were able to nail it so hard and just kind of keep milking it yeah. for almost a decade there's like a part of me that would love to say like oh the n64 one was good but like if you play those right next to each other it is like a a, a clear answer for which yeah. one which one is better yeah just the flow state that you can get in when you are hitting yeah. the right curves and drifts in mario kart 8 yeah. is un paralleled they really got it down to a science that game is fantastic always great always a fun time playing mario kart 8 deluxe on the wii u with the new levels that are always coming out now you're playing it on the wii u that's a brave move oh sorry on the switch (laughs) (laughs) busted out my old wii u dusty what else have i been playing played ski ball ski ball i think it's just called physical version i think it's just called ski no it's it's on it's on it's on the it's on the switch. It sure does appear to just be ski ball. I think it's huh? just ski ball. Yeah, it's ski ball. Yeah. So it's exactly what it sounds like. It is ski ball for the switch, and yeah. you stand up and you roll the roll the ski ball mm-hmm. down the ski chute into the ski holes. I don't know if that's any of the terms, but that's what I'm calling it. You get yeah. coins and or not coins, tickets, and you can unlock new things. Yeah, it's it's fine. Mallory's a big ski ball fan, and it's her birthday this last weekend, so I figured why not play ski ball? It was like a dollar on yeah. on the the Switch store. Nintendo eShop. So it was fun for like 10 minutes to be like, hey, we're playing skee ball. And then yeah. we just realized we wanted to play bowling. And so we went over to the Switch Sports. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, I think so. The the one that came out kind of recently or yeah. last year. Yeah. So we went over to Switch Sports and did some bowling. And Mallory completely kicked my ass. Completely <laughs> kicked my whole ass in bowling. She went to bowling camp as a kid. So I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the Mallory fact for the week. She went to bowling camp for bowler. multiple years as a child. Uh, and it, those skills translate, apparently, because I was doing okay. I wasn't doing bad. But she yeah. was just kicking my ass. Like, I would get a, a spare and she would get a strike. I would get a strike and she'd be getting her second strike. It was, she was just <laughs> toying with me, truly. But it was a lot of fun. 
So a lot of fun. What else we play? We played Coffee Talk. Oh, uh, yeah, that was like the indie game, right? The indie game. It's on. Uh, it's on Game Pass. So we downloaded it because we just wanted a game to just chill and vibe to on a rainy day. And yeah. th- this one was great for Good that. Good one for that. And I've always fancied myself a home barista, so it was fun to do <laughs> my my try my hand at virtual latte art, which I was mm-hmm. terrible at. It was probably yeah. maybe potentially worse at virtual latte art than i am at real latte art whatever it's still fun it was still a fun game interesting premise of just Mm -hmm. you're in a world with monsters and you're a barista at a late night coffee shop so just have fun with seattle specifically seattle specifically it's true yeah yeah the home of the late night coffee shops yeah there are there are quite a few here in fact really open at night uh yeah I, i think a lot of them just like don't don't close very early coffee shops usually close around like two in santa barbara <laughs> oh my god really wow <laughs> yeah. a lot of them close super early yeah i think a lot of the places up here are just like cafes and mm. so like they'll still serve coffee like that's kind of their main thing but like i think you have food too it's just, it's so it's so dark here that like you gotta you gotta go get a, a cup of mud if you're trying to stay up you know i get it yeah well, not really because yeah. i've never lived in seattle but You've sounds, been up here. sounds tough you know we're almost out of january that's when things start to look up you know is january the worst month in seattle for me personally january is like by far and above the worst month damn because like people in california right now it's like getting all fucked up rainy and stuff like that and i've seen a bunch of memes of like i didn't I'm not paying California income tax to get Seattle weather or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's, it doesn't rain like that up here. It's not, it never dumps as hard as it does in California when it uh-huh. rains in California. Yeah. But like, it's, it's so dark outside all the time in January. Uh huh. This is, uh, this is probably no, no surprise that I'm playing Kingdom Hearts right now. <laughs> Just I, I need a game that feels like a warm blanket. Nice and bright and cheery. California seems to be done with its storm right now. And now it's going to be relief. bright and sunny for the next five years until the next one hits. Anyways, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. So yeah, Coffee Talk, fun. Coffee enjoying talk, game. Yeah. Just fun to just read and vibe. We should vibe mm-hmm. into Coffee Talk. Uh, we also played House Flipper. David, I've also played this game. Recently? Uh, I, it was a year ago. Uh huh. I played it like December, not of last year, but the year before. And yes. I don't think I brought it to the show. There was never like a moment where I was like, it's time to talk about this one. Yeah, I don't I don't remember you talking about it. I don't think I did. It's such a weird fucking video game, Dave. It's a weird game. I don't think it translates to consoles very well because I got, I, I literally got stuck in my shack that they give you in the beginning of the game because I was just fucking around in there and started moving around <laughs> yeah. my stove and my dishwasher and they wouldn't go back to mm-hmm. where they were before and said there wasn't enough room so i had to move <laughs> around i had to like jump on top of things i had to move like my bed i had to clean all this shit up to get it back to where it was originally and even then it was over like a good three or four yeah. inches to the side from where it was previously and it's just the it, it looks terrible now i can't flip this house <laughs> i can't flip this shack it looks bad but it's in it it is a strange <laughs> game i don't i don't know if i ever like had fun playing it yeah <laughs> but it yeah. was interesting i would i didn't have not fun i guess i would say yeah it's it's very bizarre like the i mean the conceit of the game is that you're you're you buy like kind of dilapidated homes yeah. and then go in and like do a bunch of shit Renovate to them, them and then sell them yeah sell them for more money mm-hmm. which like anybody who lived through the housing crisis should be familiar <laughs> it's like unto itself sort of like a dark <laughs> like capitalist sort of game that like it, I can get past it like it's mm-hmm. you know it's fake it's not it's not real but still just the premise is sort of bizarre 
Mm. Like I'm I'm playing lobbyist simulator to like today. <laughs> yeah, I got I don't know if I want to engage lobbyist with that simulator. But like the the way that you actually do the game is like wildly simplistic. Like you'll go in and have like a, a checklist of things that you need to do the house, right? And it's mm-hmm. like clean up the trash, uh, knock down one of the walls so that you can make a bigger bedroom, replace the shower and shit like that. And like I think in any other game, it would be th- those things would be sort of challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, like even in The Sims, I think that would be like a little bit more of a challenge. But they kind yeah. of just like they say like, okay, you've equipped the mop, and then you just like hold a button and hold, it mops. The mop cleans and everything. You clean the table yeah. with the mop. You clean the <laughs> fridge with the mop. You clean yeah. the ceiling with the mop. The mop <laughs> is a multi-purpose tool for many many situations in this game. It's it's weird. And like, so you do that and then you like, say you go into the, the, the kitchen or the, the bathroom, it's like, okay, here you have to install like a new sink or something like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works on console, but you on just PC, hold the button. You hold the button. Yeah, I imagine just, like, that it was the, it. It puts the little like bracket on the screen of what you're trying to do. You just hold the button yeah. and it does everything for you. I'm just like, okay, this is house flipper. This is not house flipper simulator. This is yes. <laughs> this yeah. is just go in, do the thing, get your money and get the next house. So yeah. it was, it was kind of strange to be like okay where's where's like the game where's the game in here you had to if you're not going to do a sim at least make it like a mini game or something to to make it a little bit more engaging than just kind of like walking around with little wonky controls and like mopping the the ceiling and then holding down a button to install a radiator right so yeah it was an interesting interesting experience you have anything else to say on it no i just i i I think i came to the same sort of conclusion that you did of like where i'm not positive that i'm having a great time here yeah it wasn't like i was offended or having a bad time i was just like why would i why would i do this if i could do (laughs) any other game right now it's like not not fun but i wouldn't say like when i'm done with it i'm like wow that was awesome It's like, it, I think that the game is just trying to simulate the feeling of like putting in work into something and that being like, mm, it's the Sigma male grind set that you're trying, that's trying to, to get you to. I don't know if that is exactly I'm what I'm just I said, trying to churn through as many houses as possible. <laughs> got to get them on Airbnb. I got 50 yeah. properties. Nobody lives in them. They're in, they're in family <laughs> residential neighborhoods, but fuck up. I'm making money. It's yeah, that is this game. There should be a sequel like, called Air Air Being Bastard. That's that's a much more spicy take. I like that. Sorry, that was a nasty thing to say, but sometimes that's how I feel about these big Airbnb conglomerates. Anyways, yeah, it's it, the, of all the things to be nasty about. I think housing is. You can be a little nasty about housing and people who are like yeah. massively prop, profiting off of it. Let people live there. Let them actually yeah, live. there's more open homes in the United States sitting without tenants than there are homeless people. So like, Whoa. fix it. That is a <laughs> staggering fact. If that is I true, think, I, I think it's true. But regardless, we'll see. And eggs are twelve dollars, twelve dollars a, a dozen. <laughs> quickly turning into the boomer world. cast. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I like, I, I, the, the whole time that I was playing it, I was just like, I, am I having a good time with this? Mm-hmm. And I had a similar experience in the beginning with power wash simulator where like, I, I wasn't sure if it was doing it for me, but there's more finesse that you have to do with power wash simulator. Like sure. it's a little bit more of a skill check and like it is mm-hmm. menial 
like all you're really getting out of it is like I did it and like I got to the next level. Yeah. But I, I there's more of like a Zen state there of like I'm gonna kind of methodically go through this area and like wash away all the stuff and like mm-hmm. a little bit of skill there. You can kind of figure out how you want to do it. But yeah, with House Flipper, it's just so much of like hold down the A button until you get a cool new house. You know exactly. No, and I, you know talking about Power Wash Simulator, I was playing House Flipper and there's a, a part where I had to clean a window. Yeah, and it gave me a little squeegee and I just cleaned yes, the window yeah. and I'm like, ooh, okay, I think I get Power Wash Simulator <laughs> now. I think I'm going to have to download that and give that a shot because that was that was satisfying. That was satisfying. Yeah, when there's like a physical interaction that the game offers who you're like, yes, mm-hmm. I like that. It's tangible. Weird game. Yeah, weird game. Weird game. Give it a shot. Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's on Game Pass, right? It's on Game Pass. Yeah, that's how I played it. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like there's probably a person that this is like their shit like their game is house slipper mm-hmm. you know like i i hear about people who like oh i don't really play that many video games but like i've played a thousand hours of the sims or something <laughs> like that like wow that is intense. There are, yeah there are those solo game gamers just like this yeah. is my one game fuck you if you don't like it and i can see house flipper being one of those because like it seems to reward you for just putting in time like if you just keep playing it you'll get cooler stuff sigma male um, grind set baby <laughs> just put time in money out that's how it works yeah that is how it works that is exactly how it works <laughs> but no i hear what you're saying <laughs> sorry yeah that's fine what else i'll see you playing i've been playing a lot of cyberpunk been playing a lot of cyberpunk cool um where are you in that game i just met pan am okay nice and i'm doing like the first mission with her but i've, I've gotten pretty deep into it because they give you like after you get through the first like prologue of the game it opens up so i've been doing like cyber psycho stuff and yeah finding those guys and just getting all sorts of new equipment and stuff and fucking around with my appearance and everything and i did like this crazy delamain quest where oh yeah there was a, a glados car who was talking to me <laughs> and i immediately yeah. knew they were doing glados i was like i know that voice what is she doing <laughs> in this game it was crazy it yeah. was really it was it was a lot of fun i really enjoy i love it when games call back to other games that are just you know part of the shared language of of the community right yeah so that was a lot of fun to do but i'm still i I think the best thing about this game is how how real it tries to make the city and the environment and the people feel right Mm -hmm. the combat's fun enough it's not the most amazing combat ever done but it's it's interesting they give you a lot of different things that you can try out and do and there's lots of different things to do in the city they're not all crazy different from each other it's not like fighting a cyber psycho feels much different than fighting just a regular dude on the street right but it's all it's all fun and it's it's really i think what it was was i was in what really shook me was i was in a apartment when it was raining outside and I got close yeah. to a boarded up window and I could hear the rain hitting the window from outside. And I was like, <laughs> that is such a vibe. It's good. Like they really yeah. put a lot of attention to detail into small things like that, that really make the city and the people feel deep and real, which I know maybe some people who played it when it first came out would be like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? But now in the state that it is at this point, I think it's kind of nailing that for me at least, right? And mm-hmm. like I said, I, I, I didn't play it when it first came out, so I don't have that kind of bad taste in my mouth from mm-hmm. experiencing that. But where it is now, if you're playing it on a next-gen console, quite good. 
I would say. Yeah. You know, the game looks yeah. fantastic as well. Like really, the, the art direction is great. So yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's been really enjoyable and similar to The Witcher. I, I don't go into it like looking for action. I go into it to like progress a storyline, talk to these people mm-hmm. and then maybe do a little, a little couple like action sequences here and there, but it's yeah. never the emphasis or like the point of the game is, is the gunplay or the action. It's, it's the story and it's the people. It's yeah. the city. Right. And I think that's where really where the game shines for me. Yeah. They're like physical world building is very good in this one. Very impressive, honestly. Yeah. And even weirder that's in Morro Bay. This is the weirdest shit to me. Weirdest shit <laughs> yeah. To me. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. And that's about it for this week. I haven't touched Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched mm-hmm. it again. I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous about Blight Town, but I need to find Get a good that. walkthrough and just and just deal with yeah. it. But what about you, Chase? What have you been playing? A couple of games, perhaps unsurprisingly, of most of them. I have continued my Kingdom Hearts journey. I'm feeling like we need a stinger for this section. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom farts. <laughs> like a, I, I was more imagining like a, a just a one or two second bit of simple and clean. Ooh, um, that's good. Or I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll put it here. Kingdom farts. Kingdom hearts. I uh, so last time we spoke, I had been working my way through Birth by Sleep. Um, mm-hmm. which is a game that we had mentioned last time, but I think both of us held in pretty high regard Yeah, when I think you and I both played it on release for the PlayStation Portable. And like, it was good at the time. Like, uh, it was impressive that they were able to get that game on the PSP. It felt like, wow, this is like a full-blown Kingdom Hearts game where uh, up to that point, like Chain of Memories was like a really specific and very different kind of game mm-hmm. on the Game Boy Advance. And like even 358 over 2 was like, it, it was not nearly as expansive as like a mainline Kingdom Hearts game. I have found an appreciation for 358 over 2, but oh, uh, all right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk on that one at some point. But this one was like, okay, yeah, like they're doing the Kingdom Hearts thing of you are playing as a person, you're going from world to world, and you're kind of like solving these like Disney-based problems that are in any given world. And the the big draw of it is being able to see this story, I think, through these the three main characters, Terra, Ventus, and uh, Aqua. It's he's still it's challenging. That was a, that was a skill check right there. Yeah, it was. I rolled exactly what the skill check was. You got a twenty. Oh, I know you didn't a, get a twenty. You got. I did not get a twenty. The the DC was ten, and I think I rolled a ten. Like exactly, you just barely passed. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it's interesting. Like I think you get a, a a much more clear picture of who each of these three people are and. It is interesting to see one another like through the eyes of each individual character, right? Like it's, it's fun to see how Terra thinks about Aqua and Ventus and how Ventus thinks about Terra and Aqua and how Aqua thinks about Terra and uh, Ventus. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I I think that's all really good. They make them all feel fairly sympathetic. And also if you've, if you know anything about sort of the like Kingdom Hearts lore up to this point, it's also with kind of the understanding, like this will not turn out well for these people, you know? Yeah. It's got a little bit of the like Rogue One symptoms of Mm. like, I know how this ends and it doesn't look great. So like, how are they going to get there? And like, Mm -hmm what happens in between there is kind of the fun part for me. So last week you asked me, did I play the like very ending part of this game? Mm -hmm. I thought I had, but I don't think I did because yeah. So I played on, I've been playing all these games on easy mode. 
because sure. like I kind of just want to like be the keyblade wielder and kick ass. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to like really feel like I'm really engaging with the combat to feel good about Kingdom Hearts. I kind of just want to like swang that sword. <laughs> so, swang that sword. Yeah, I want want I want to swang. Let me swang. Mm-hmm. I played Birth by Sleep also on easy and you can't unlock the ending game, ending part of the game on easy. Really? It's just not it's not possible. Yeah. That's funny. Wow. It's it's kind of bizarre. It, it like I, I what I ended up doing was just like, okay, well, YouTube exists, so I'm just going to go like watch the rest of it. Uh-huh. And like that was a perfectly serviceable way to experience it cuz like it's mostly cutscene. There's like a couple of fights in there, but like not yeah. that many. And it just felt like such a strange and kind of an older relic of game design mm-hmm. of like, we're going to gate what is incredibly important and significant lore yeah. behind like collection and getting the right difficulty. I'm like, guys, this is important shit. Like what, it, what happens to Aqua in the end of the game, you know? Yeah. So what is, what is the cutoff for like, where, where did the game end for you on easy mode? Yeah. So like on, I was playing them in order from like how they display them to you, which is Terra, then Ventus, then Aqua. And if you are concerned about birth by sleep spoilers, you can skip ahead to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just spoiling sort of how the game, I guess, ends. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) pretty major spoilers. But the game ends with Aqua where... Uh, she fights, I think it's uh, Vanitas, the like com- mm-hmm. combination of Ventus and Vanitas, where they like merged and made the Chi Blade. Yes, uh, the Chi Blade. God, dude. They, oh my God, I can't believe that they named it that. Like, yeah, the key, the key, C H I K I. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> God, dude. Yeah, that was really funny. Please, please give it a better name. But they, they, he like formed the, the chi blade, the like ultimate key blade or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you have to fight him, I think with Mickey as well. And, uh, you beat him and then like, you kind of like, I don't know, I guess seal Vanitas back in Ventus, mm-hmm. but his heart his heart gets lost in that process. Yeah. And so, um, he retreats back to the, the confines of Sora, Yeah, which is why Sora's nobody looks like Vent Ventus. Yep. Where I'm, I'm so deep in kingdom hearts lore right now, David. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and from there you get, I think Mickey takes you back to Yen Sid's tower. Mm-hmm. Yen Sid's like, yeah, like, I don't know if Vanitas is ever going to wake up. Like his heart's essentially lost and this is just his body now. And Aqua's like, oh no, I bet I, I, I bet I can find him. And she holds up that little, like, I guess the Papu fruit or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heart the fruit or whatever like, it is. Yeah. They've, they've all got those little insignias that they hold around. Uh-huh. So she holds it up and she's like, I know where to find him. And then credits roll. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that. What that leaves out is where she goes back to not hollow bastion, radiant garden Mm -hmm. and fights with Terra Nort. Terra Nort. Yeah. The now do the combination of Terra and Xehanort who has lost his memories in the process. Mm -hmm. They fight. And then Terra, I think, momentarily gets control it, like hits himself with his keyblade thereby like taking his heart out of him and i think creating ansem and uh zemnis. and zemnis yeah but aqua i think like they're both like dying and falling into the darkness in that moment mm-hmm. and aqua like sends him back out out of the darkness which leaves her in the realm of darkness yeah oh also <laughs> and in this part she took uh, Vanitas back to the realm of departure, which is Castle Oblivion. Like mm-hmm. a- after they seal it, it turns into Castle Oblivion. Yeah, which you see again in Chain of Memories and a little mm-hmm. bit in Kingdom Hearts too. Mm-hmm. And then I know it's so bizarre. 
and uh, <laughs> essentially the rest of it is her experience in in the realm of darkness. Right? Mm-hmm. It's wild, and like that is such an important part of the game. From what I know about Kingdom Hearts three, like, and it's not just that, yeah, no, an important part of the game, but like you said, for future games, all that information is yeah, kind of critical. Yeah, yeah. To understand what they're talking about and what's going on. Yeah. That's 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 silly that they navigated it behind that old school game design. I have been reading a lot and like watching a lot of people's takes on Kingdom Hearts. And I, I think there's a contingent of people who say like some of this series and is intentionally confusing. And I think mm-hmm. that like there are parts of that where it makes sense. Like I think you could have gone from one to two and not played Chain of Memories and been like, I don't know what's going on. And that kind of seems like the purpose. Like, like when you start playing as Roxas in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like very much like he doesn't know what's going on either. And so it, it makes sense that like it's it's confusing for you and the Roxas and the player uh, also kind of drawing a similarity between the player and Roxas, Ooh, which eventually kind of comes back to roost but chase loves that chase loves that shit god dude whenever whenever they're like hey you're the you're the game guy you you the player you're the gamer in this ready video. player like, one yeah, baby yes dude <laughs> okay maybe maybe not that specific example but uh yeah it's it, it felt very old school and like anyway point being with the uh obtusity of these games like some of that is true but but some that of them obtusy. feel like it <laughs> That is intentionally trying to prevent you from understanding what is happening. Uh-huh. And like, it just, it seems unnecessary. Like it, I, just the sheer fact that all these games are released on like eight different platforms that you would yeah. have had to get. Don't make it like, more it, difficult. It, no, it, it, it feels very strange. Like why you would release like so many different parts of this story over like a cell phone and a DS and a 3DS and a PS2 and a PS4 a and then a PSP. Like I understand wanting to put a lot of different games out, but it, it at a certain point, it just feels like this was the intended experience, the, the version where they have all of these games in one collection, mm-hmm. because like it, it makes everything make so much more sense. Speaking of making more sense, I started playing Dream Drop Distance yeah. as well. Well, this game I had started, I, I like got played it on the, the 3DS. I think I made it maybe 20 minutes. Mm. I, I barely played this game. David. Yeah, I, I think I said this last time, but I, I tried and, and just couldn't get into this game multiple times multiple times for for like clarity's sake this time that i'm playing it because i've just played the other games it makes so much more sense and i think that like (laughs) that is carrying me along in a way that like when i fired up dream drop distance on the 3ds i was like it's been years since i've played birth by sleep Mm -hmm. and it's been even more years since i've played kingdom hearts 2 and i think this game makes a huge assumption about like how familiar you are with the 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 events of both of those games in like a really major way yeah the one of the like first cutscenes in dream draw distance is like so making assumptions that you know exactly who xemnas is uh-huh. And that like you will be able to pick out his voice actor out of lineup too. Right. Which is wild. It's 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 quite an assumption. But because again, because I just played these games, it's it's all making a lot more sense. And not only that, like I am much more excited to 
play like a game where Riku and Sora are like just buds and just doing their like Keyblade thing. Uh And both playable characters. Yes. Yeah. Like essentially it's it's tracking them doing the like Mark of Mastery, I think is what it's called Mm -hmm. for Yen Sid. Which you also do in Birth by Sleep. Yes. No. Yeah. Like the main thrust of uh, uh, Birth by Sleep is that Aqua gets made master. Terra does not. Mm -hmm. And that like they were both trying to do so. But uh, regardless, like it really thinks like, yeah, you should have probably just played the other ones or like have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. At, At least for me, because when I didn't have that context was very uninterested in what was going on in this game. But now that I do, I'm like, hell yeah. Okay, great. I want to figure out what we're doing here. And I think just the recency of like, I I care about these characters because I've played so much in their world in the past like you know mm-hmm. month that mm-hmm. uh it, it's satisfying to get more stuff and this is also like new content for me because i haven't played played this game before sure I will say that this game makes like a couple of really nice user experience updates sure like the run speed is much higher in this game mm. like you run mm. quite a bit faster um which is just like it's so appreciated i really like that the combat is really good uh which you know when you're just kind of button mashing like that's a that's an important thing the the dream eaters the en- enemies in this game are like uh-huh. very good and very cute there's like a pokemon game in here there is you, you can like, like capture different ones and make them your friends which is cool i wasn't expecting to like that very much but then i was like i do like this cat thing chase you love making friends i do i do like making friends there's another one called prickle main which i prop- promptly renamed to gucci main which really i i love having gucci main as my like my friend that i get to carry around prickle main um gucci truly do the dishes in this circumstance <laughs> Gucci truly do the dishes. So, uh, like, all of that's really good. The They have this addition called, uh, what is it, flow motion or something like yeah. that, where you can, like, dodge into a wall or a pole or an enemy, and it, like, essentially speeds you up. You can do a bunch of, like, cool shit, like jumping mm-hmm. off and doing a bunch of damage. You can do some crazy stuff around a, a light pole and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which, in on first blush, I was like, this feels kind of gimmicky, but, like, they don't push it on you that hard. You don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice to kind of be able to do that stuff because you, you can start moving around the map really quickly, like doing a wall jump and then jumping really high in the air and doing a very long dash mm-hmm. and shit like that, like, I, I really enjoy in these games when they offer you different ways to move, like when you get a higher jump in any of these games or in Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2 where they offer you the ability to like glide. You can do that in the first one too, but it you, you can glide very quickly in, in two. It, it just feels really satisfying. I, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I love when they get they give that to you. So yeah, like I, I think like just mechanically, I'm really enjoying this one. It is like the hardest turn I've had on one of these games, mm. like from being totally uninterested the last time I played it to like really in there. Sure. Um, this time around, so yeah, it's it's going really great so far. I think as far as story goes, like I, I don't exactly know the thrust of it yet. You're uh, part of the the draw of the game is that you can at any point drop between Sora or Riku and mm-hmm. like switch uh, their story through it which is like cool it's it's an interesting way to do it and doesn't feel nearly as repetitive as birth by sleep did because oftentimes you're getting like totally different cutscenes that aren't like just sort of like from a different perspective it's like they're very different things happening Mm -hmm. they're conceptually in the same worlds but they're in two different like dream version of the worlds it's it's almost unimportant (laughs) like (laughs) you play as both of them 
You play as both of them and you're not in exactly the same world. I also didn't know that the 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 world ends with you characters are in this one, but they're like <laughs> immediately in this game. Yeah, they're right there in the front. Yeah, that was cool. Like I was not expecting that to be there. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I like that. I liked that game back in the day. And so it was interesting to see those characters both uh, return and also voiced because I don't think they were voiced when I played it on uh, the DS, but mm-hmm. it was cool. And, and not to mention a lot of the the returning worlds that you go to, they offer you like a lot bigger of a space to run around. Like when you show up to Traverse Town, it you get sort of like that first uh, entryway area and then a couple of familiar spots, but they offer you a lot of other places you can go to, which is neat. Like I, I think the, the, the suggestion of other areas in a lot of these games is cool, right? Like in, in the first couple of games, it's like, it seems like Traverse Town's yeah. kind of bigger than this. Mm-hmm. In the same way that, like, in Mass Effect 1, when you go to the Citadel, there's, like, three rooms that you can go to. Exactly. You're like, this giant place is giant. fucking place. Yeah, it's huge, but I can go to, like, this guy's office, a, a weird little club, and, like, I don't know, my ship. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it's cool to be able to be to see these other places that they've kind of been suggesting for a lot of the series. I've now made it to the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame world, uh, which is so far uh, cool. I'm enjoying it. It's doing the the Kingdom Hearts thing, right? You, you're kind of just playing through a Disney movie at mm-hmm. a certain point. But I'm always I'm always interested in which of the Disney properties they are bringing to these games, and I'm sure that there's like some amount of legalese and legal discussions for which ones get included. But sure, in, in trying to examine each one of these games as a a single entity it's like why this movie and why that movie did you include it in this that and the other one Mm -hmm. because like the worlds that aren't disney worlds are like so clearly a a big part of each game right Mm -hmm. like traverse town is a place that you return to a lot in the first one and there's a lot of like traveling to new places that you do in the first one which is something that like sora had wanted to do so badly in the beginning of the game and so it's it is putting an emphasis on movement and travel and being between places i guess Mm -hmm. whereas in two it's it's i I think the place that you return to a lot is radiant garden or hollow bastion whichever name you prefer Mm -hmm. and a lot of that story is much more about like reclaiming this like place that was kind of demolished Leon uh, Squall, for all you real Final <laughs> Fantasy heads out there, is like trying to rebuild Hollow Bastion after they got like kicked out in mm-hmm. in the first one. And so I think like that's putting a finer point on like what the sort of some of the thematic stuff that they're exploring in each one of these games, and especially in Birth by Sleep, right? Like the world of departure being the place that you uh, start and come back to a few times, and not to mention it getting like totally destroyed by the end of it. I think each of those places that are like central to these games is telling for what the game is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And and in that same way, the the Disney places that you go to are also, I think, telling, right? Like what, what each of them are saying as a whole. It's not always exactly like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean stuff in the second one was really adding a lot thematically, but there are a couple that I'm like, okay, it makes sense why you chose this one. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to suss that out with Dream Drop Distance right now. Do you think there's anything deeper there besides marketing? Not always. I think some of that is it. Like, I do think that like Pirates of the Caribbean is definitely a marketing move. Like it's cool to be a pirate. Look at this cool, the yeah, right? Like cool pirate stuff. But I, I, I think a lot of these, the, the movies are, a lot of them are concerned with identity, which I think is like a big part of Kingdom Hearts as a whole. Sure. Like yeah. who, who am I? What do I care about? What am I supposed to do in yeah. this world? Like, mm-hmm. It's, I think most of the games are at least hitting a little bit of that, which is, I, I, I think it is becoming more clear to me why this series is like 
it hits people so hard because I think a lot of people have at some point or another had some crisis with identity, right? Like Mm -hmm. is who I was yesterday important to me? And is that who I want to be tomorrow? And like, what about all this like wild stuff happening in my life? Right. I haven't thought about these questions since I was 13. Exactly. Right. Like it's a very, it's kind of a, an adolescent question to ask, but that's also not necessarily always the time it hits people, right? Like some people go through identity crises in their twenties or their thirties or any age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that they like so concisely bottle the like angst of that. Yes. (laughs) You know, like every one of these games is just like liquid distilled angst. Yeah. It's an undercurrent. It's always there of like Mm -hmm. somebody just kind of trying to, to figure out what they're deal is and what their place is and like what matters to them. And oftentimes the answer is like the people around me, which I think is a pretty good answer as maybe trite as that may be when Mm -hmm. a game earns that message. I do think it is pretty effective. Just wait for kingdom hearts three, baby. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm like truly thrilled to get to that one because like I don't know how any of this ends. I haven't really seen a lot of spoilers other than like a single thing for, for kingdom hearts three. So I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I've, beat the game and I cannot tell you definitively how it ended. So <laughs> yeah. take that for what you will. There was DLC for it too, right? Remind there was. Or whatever it is. I don't, I can't, do I go back in? I probably do. I'll go back in when you go back in. Just let me know when you do it. Okay. Plus like, hey, we're. I think we're going to do some longer episodes about this at some point. So yeah. who knows when that might, mm-hmm. might happen. But anyway, so I, I think that like a lot of those Disney movies are concerned with like the same sort of stuff, right? Like Ariel is trying to find her place in both the place that she grew up and a place that she wants to be. Or, uh, you know, Simba is trying to figure out if he is fit to be a king and if he even wants that and all that sort of stuff. And I understand that this mm-hmm. is all very juvenile, but like, I think that fits within the theme, right? Like, it, it seems like a strange combination, Final Fantasy and Disney, but I don't think they're all that far off when you like look at what all these things are saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Final Fantasy VII. There's a lot of shit going on in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, but um, still, still point being i'm i'm really enjoying dream drop distance i think it's a good one it's fun it's a fun video game <laughs> i never know how to end these bits like i'll, I'll like sort of pour my heart my heart out my heart out and then i'm like game good good game anyway finally david i'm playing a game mm-hmm. called raft raft do you build a raft uh you in this game are mostly just given a raft in the very beginning of the game and then your job is to survive you're just like out in the open ocean it is pretty fun i like i don't always love survival games i've been like kind of Mm -hmm. i've I've been trying to figure out which of them i do like because i've been playing a few of them recently and something about i think something about raft has kind of got me it is it has gotten my head and like i'm i'm enjoying it for the most part essentially the way the game works out is that you start on just like a i think it's a four by four raft Mm -hmm. and you're out in the middle of the ocean and your only tool is this like hook on a rope that you can throw into the ocean and like draw it back. And there is also a bunch of like debris floating around you okay. um, of like wood and plastic and stuff like that. And so you pull a bunch of this stuff back to yourself and you can, you know, it, the first thing you probably want to do is like build a bigger raft. So you need a tool to do that. Uh, and it costs this many planks and this many plastic. And also the looming threat that is constantly present is that there is always a shark there is just always a shark waiting so if you fall into the ocean even for a second my boy is there waiting for you and he's chompy and hungry huh and he chomping he chomping this boy be chomping (laughs) not like you jump in and he's right there immediately but like you you look around and he's like he's somewhere right like he's around also he is always trying to eat your raft 
like every now and then he'll just come up and like try and like bite a chunk of it off. And so you kind of have to be proactive about either fixing that or building a spear to like poke at him to make him stop. Mm. So far as I can tell, you can't kill the boy. Not not yet, at least. The the way that the game has been playing out for me is that you will find like islands that you'll come upon which have sort of Mm -hmm. different stuff than what's floating around in the debris. And all all the while, like you're being taken by a current somewhere, right? Like it's just sort of like pushing you in a certain direction. And whenever you come to one of these islands, it's kind of encouraged to go like get whatever is on there. Like sometimes it's just more wood or there is uh, watermelons or pineapple that will take your hunger or thirst away a little bit, which is something that you need to manage. And I've, I gotta say my, my first couple tries in this game did not go very well because I, the first, the first run that I had, I jumped off my raft and I was like, okay, great. I'm on this Island. Great. Uh, I'm going to get some wood and I'm just going to go build a new raft and uh, I'll take off again. Uh Uh, That is not, that is not how the game works. You cannot just build a new raft. That raft is your only raft. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm dead now. Uh, So I quit and restarted. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to be very precious with with my raft this time. But uh, the the second time, I think I like died of hunger pretty shortly after that. Raft is a is a non as a non uh, renewable resource. Yeah, no, you you only get one. I like just immediately Googled how to get new raft in raft. And the first answer is like, you don't like, okay, great. That guy game. I didn't understand. <laughs> That's the neat part. You don't. Yeah. You don't get a new one. So yeah, did the second one, died of hunger pretty quickly, and then just booted the like hunger difficulty meter down a little bit so it wasn't running out quite as fast, uh, which mm-hmm. did help a lot. I'm doing much better on my third run. So eventually you can build shit like, you know, a second floor on your raft or um, a, a sail or an anchor so that you can kind of like stop your raft wherever you are without it just drifting away like it did for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's turning into this like kind of fun survival game, right? Like it's not exactly like Subnautica. Like I think Subnautica is a lot more user driven where like you are deciding where you want to go and what you want to find. Whereas raft is much more like we're taking you on this journey and you just kind of have to try and survive. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what the end game is, but like thus far I'm having a good time. Just like, okay, now I can build a tiny little like plot to build some plants or a fire to uh, roast my fruit or whatever so that I can, you know, get more of food out of it. And so it's, it's been good. I think the terror of the open ocean (laughs) is ever present for me. Sure. Like, I am so scared of just, like, big bodies of open water. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, my God, dude. I'm, like, not a great swimmer, so, like, I think that's probably the base of the fear. But just, like, looking at a big body of water, I'm like, oh, no, this is not good for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while it's not it's not preying on the same sort of, like, terror that Subnautica has of, like, a big leviathan coming out of the, the darkness towards you, that shark's still scary, man. Like it's, it's going to get you if you stay in the water too long. Mm-hmm. And so there's something like very visceral. And I think that's very fun about this. The survivor survival part of this game is that like it is tangible. Like don't die of hunger and don't get eaten by the shark, which is fun yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun for you. Don't die. It's, yes. It, I, I, it is fun for me. I think because like it's a safe space. I'm not actually out on the open ocean, but it's, it's kind of a thrill to do it anyway sure so i'm enjoying this game mm-hmm. i i don't know how long or like how much uh, or how long i'll be playing it for but at the moment i'm enjoying it a lot i think like this kind of survival game this like archetype is the kind of thing that i enjoy where you are mostly just unlocking what can i build next uh and then just kind of trying to survive uh mm-hmm. which is it's cool 
So far, nothing has topped Subnautica for me in that genre. Yeah. Satisfactory is a little bit different of a deal. Like it's not quite the same thing in sort of a a similar genre. But I I, I think Subnautica was just like such a such a joy to play through. Anyway, David, this will bring me to my podtomistic thing of this week. Yes. It is looking up the ending on YouTube, David. Um, that's a pretty good one. There is, there was a period of time where if you wanted to see the secret ending, you had to earn the secret ending. And sometimes those requirements are tough and not clear what, what you actually have to do with those. But like, I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. I can just go look at what the end of the game is, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like again, some of them are like, yeah, I'd like to actually do that for myself. But so far in most of the kingdom hearts games, I'm like, that seems like kind of a high bar to cross to, Mm -hmm. uh, to get like, you know, the extra little cutscene at the end of it. This one was significant enough in birth by sleep that it like, I felt good watching it, but the other ones, it's just sort of like, you see that Aqua wrote the note. In Kingdom Hearts 2 or whatever. Uh I'm glad that I don't have the gamer ego that I did when I was like 12 or whatever, (laughs) where I'm like, I got to do it myself. It's got to be me. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to, I can just look it up on YouTube. I can Mm -hmm. just see what happens. I did that with the game that we played this week. I got about halfway through it. I'm like, I kind of would like to see what the rest of the game is. So Mm -hmm. go on YouTube, pull up Jedi Outcast cutscene compilation. Somebody did it. So, I'm sure they did. It's everything. Everything video game related is pretty much on YouTube nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, got Buck Bumble long plays on there. We got it. We got it all. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. Shouts out YouTube. Shouts out David. Do you have something fueling your sense of optimism? I do, Chase. I do. What is it? The Last of Us HBO show. The television show. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I watched the first episode, and it is yeah that if 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 we're just taking that first episode as like the whole kit and caboodle of this show, that is probably the best piece of mm-hmm. video game adaptation <laughs> media I have probably ever seen. Which is not saying much, but it was really well done. Yeah. The first episode is great. It's just good television. The cinematography is excellent. It's really well and faithfully adapted. Mm -hmm. Uh, The people who made the show definitely have a a respect for the game and the source material. There's definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of shots in the show that are like very much similar to shots that were in the game cinematically. And it mm-hmm. works. It works on the, the the smaller the the smaller screen, not the big screen, but the smaller screen. Mm-hmm. And it it just it's it's really it's really well done. The acting was great. I thought it was all well well made. Yeah, for sure. I I have not watched it yet. Um, I think I probably will. I, I think there was a little bit of a reluctance to go back to the Last of Us world. <laughs> like, sure, it can be kind of challenging to exist in that that like headspace for that long. But I've heard nothing but like good things about. Uh, the show so far no it is it's it's quite good it's quite good you should you should give it a watch it's not you know terribly depressing because i mean it's Mm -hmm. you you know what's coming for the most part yeah for sure one yeah um but it's just it's just well made it really is well made um so i'm yeah i'm very very pleased to see finally a a faithful and good video game adaptation especially after the debacle that was the halo show oh my god yeah i i like didn't even engage with with that show i was like i don't think i can do it man i heard nothing but bad things about that one i was like i don't think this is for me yeah i don't think they, i want to watch just this like, yeah the people who love halo we don't need them to watch this show 
we don't need them. The uh, I like the Castlevania show, the like animated version that they put on Netflix a couple years ago. Yeah, no, that was that was quite good. But I guess mm-hmm. I guess it's live action adaptations that have never really been good. It's pretty rare that they're like critically a good one. You know, yeah. like I I liked the those like Resident Evil movies mm-hmm. from I don't know like the early two thousands, but I would not describe those as as good. So. Yeah. I think there's, yeah, the the live action video game movies are not, they don't have a good track record yeah, <laughs> or I'm, shows, I should say. Exactly. I'm, I'm hoping that if this does well and is mm-hmm. like profitable for them, that this will do for live action video game shows and movies what The Last of Us did for video <laughs> games, which is yeah. start putting more of an emphasis on quality of the acting and the the everything storytelling related uh, and make yeah. them a little bit more engaging. So that's that's my big hope. That's my optimistic thing of the week is that hopefully this will this will give be the start of of a renaissance period for video game adaptations. That'd be sick. It just took Halo to die for us <laughs> for it to happen. It's yeah, it's a shame, but the the games are still there. Those are still good. Yeah, they sure are. Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. Like of of all the games to be able to translate well to a television show i definitely think the one that was already kind of a movie like yeah is it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like it did i don't think it's surprising that they chose to do this over near automata anything like that <laughs> like real heady <laughs> video games or anything the other game you have to delete your your hbo account <laughs> you have to throw your television into the street <laughs> to get the true ending it's, of that exactly show. they they e- they email it to you <laughs> yeah and I think there there are a lot of games that I think wouldn't translate very well to television, especially anything that's like playing around with like user, the importance of like the, the player, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single Metal Gear game that would go very well other than like maybe five from sure. what I understand. Yeah. Because like so much of those games, like the narrative is about you as the player interacting with this game and what that actually does. Mm-hmm. But like Last of Us totally makes sense. Like there's, it's just mm-hmm. such a kind of like story video game that yeah. like sure yeah make a television show it's great because it is a good story like i think it's interesting and like if they're uh-huh. able to nail the the quality writing that they had for like joel and ellie in the game that like it's a good story i'm not surprised that they would want to do that in, a, in another medium it's it's pretty good it's pretty good i'm ex- i'm excited to see if it maintains this level of quality but man that first first episode was quite quite good i was stoked yeah i'll watch it on a really sunny and bright day whenever that happens and if it's if it's dark and stormy outside you have to have something sunny inside and then vice versa right yeah exactly (laughs) do you want to move on to our main thing david uh yeah Hey, it's good games. Jump scare. <laughs> Jump scare. Oh God, good games. Jump scare. It's good games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. Mm-hmm. We are back to covering games that people have suggested for us. And this year, we're starting it off with, in my experience so far, a pretty good one. Agreed. We're doing Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Mm-hmm. Some of you who are familiar with the series might be like, that's like the fifth one in the series. Why are we starting here? And the answer is this was one of the ones that we were suggested to play. Uh, yeah. So that's where we're starting. I was so confused that there are so many of these games. I had there no there idea. are quite a few. Yeah. It's it's strange. It's bizarre, but it's it's like also a pretty big blind spot for me. I knew that people liked these games, but I don't think I had ever played any of them. Yeah, same. 
I always thought they looked cool, but I just never got around to playing them for one reason or another. I think a, a, a lot of the reason for me, at least initially, was that these were on PC for the most part. Mm. Uh, and especially at that moment in time, I did not have a computer that was like going to be able to handle this kind of game. Yeah, definitely not. This game was suggested to us by Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. And I, I also reached out to Brian for comment about this game, and he sent me like a treatise on, on all the, the thoughts and feelings he had about it. So I'll, I'll come back to him and, and read those thoughts a little bit later but great before then can i hit you with some hot stats about jedi outcast david please hot stats hot stats so it jedi outcast came out march 26th of 2002 it was made by raven software who they they've done a lot of work on on a lot of different games i think people might know them from like hexen or heretic or they they uh, were involved with Quake Four. Ooh, okay. They're, they they also have their fingerprint on a lot of like modern shooters, but they not not like primarily developed. It's a lot of like assistance from Raven Software. Mm-hmm. But I, I think their their bread and butter, at least what they're known for, a, a lot of these like early '90s or sorry mid '90s to like early 2000s shooter games. I think Hexen specifically is kind of the bigger of those. Sure. And so uh, I'm not surprised that this game was also a shooter. Let's see. Oh, I do have a. Review view from the outlet Yiya, which was a German outlet. Yiya? Yiya. Y-A? No, Y-I-Y-A. Yiya. Huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> which is a German outlet. Uh, and I have taken their original review and run it through Google Translate a bunch of times, one language into the other, until uh, it spat out this like mangled review, which uh, I, I have the pleasure of presenting to you, David, now. Please present away. Yiya said, Overall, Jedi cast is bad, but it is good. Unfortunately, we also know that we have opportunities for build character, but it is different and smarter than online people. Please, play more. Great design and gameplay elements that set it apart from other games in the world, making it a great illegal starfight game. But Alien vs. Hunter 2 and no one can survive. I want to spend more time on the real laser sword combat system, but speaking is important. It's basically a puzzle mode where more serious games await. And they gave that one an 83 out of 100. Interesting review. Didn't really know what they thought about this one after after all the mangling. It managed to say a lot of words, but not really yes. say anything. <laughs> the first sentence is indicative. Overall, Jedi cast is bad, but it is good. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Look, it's bad, but it's good, all right? Although I suppose that is sort of the sector that we operate in the the okay games it's, it's true enough it's it's, it's not it's great but it's, it's, it's bad it's bad but it is good it's a little bad could you explain to, <laughs> could you explain to me what this game is David? yeah so this game is a first and third person game yeah. set in the star wars expanded universe mm-hmm. where you play as kyle katarn yeah. the the thickest mercenary around <laughs> there is a, a cutscene i will have to post somewhere of like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like CCTV footage of Kyle Katarn, like some some like empire area. And they're like, we caught this guy, Kyle Katarn. And it zooms in on him and he's just looking so it's thick. Just, it's just a butt shot. They're it's just so like, Look strange. Look at this dude we found. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I will. Don't have to ask me twice, but yeah. geez. Look at that butt. This is the shot you chose. That was the shot they chose. Dummy yeah. thick. But yeah, you play as Kyle Katarn, the thickest mercenary in the galaxy, uh-huh. who is a former Jedi apparently he has given up the ways of the force because of the the events of the previous game yeah 
um, where apparently he was almost lured to the dark side. And so pretty much the game starts off as a first person shooter. So you have, you know, all sorts of different blaster rifles and pistols and stuff. And you're just going through different uh, Star Wars-y forts and barracks and things and you're shooting stormtroopers uh and then Mm -hmm. eventually you get a light saber because you decide hey being a jedi was cool i should stop being a silly boy and go back to be doing that uh and then you and then then the game really starts to cook you're essentially motivated by this other former jedi who uh you run into and he takes your i guess smuggling partner jan aura aura saturn horse Ors, thank you, Jan Ors. Yeah, they they capture her, and this dude just like kicks your ass. Like he, yeah. he's using a lightsaber and like really rubs your face in the ground. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Katarn is like, "Well, shit, I guess I gotta go get my like lightsaber back and figure out what to do here." Mm-hmm. I, I think that's most of the the game, right? Like that was. That's, most of the synopsis here. That's most of it. And then the rest of it is beating these two dark Jedi who supposedly kill your lover, Jan, and then you going to seek revenge just like jumping into what is good about this game i I think like by far and above the best thing about it is kyle katarn like Mm. i'm i'm so interested in his whole deal yeah like don't get me wrong there's a lot of like star wars stuff in here that is like fun i i think that they've done a great job with like the 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 like level design it Mm -hmm. all feels like yes this is in star wars the sounds are all star warsy and they like make you a a lot of that it's just like it is grounded in the star wars star wars universe but like i'm just so much more interested in this dude um (laughs) is it because of his thickness it doesn't hurt david Mm, it doesn't hurt i I think like it's initially i was just like i guess he's a smuggler because i didn't have the context of the other ones but like reading up on it and figuring out that like he used to be a jedi and then sort of cast that aside is really interesting that is so much cooler to me (laughs) than Mm -hmm. than kind of anything else in this game i don't know what your your uh relationship is with star wars but i'm like kind of a sucker for star wars stuff yeah i mean you love space you love sci-fi yeah i i like all of that and have like very very fond memories of watching the first three at my grandparents house with my mom mm-hmm. and so like the, those three are just like I, I i'm a big fan of them not to the point of like memorizing tertiary characters and stuff like that but I, I i i like the world i think it's very interesting and cool but i have also grown to desire different stuff out of star wars i think than a lot of what they're doing right now Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that the most recent example of this was when I played through KOTOR 2 and was like, oh, yeah, this is this is good shit because they were kind of challenging what the story of the Jedi is and was and like what Mm -hmm. it means to exist in that world. Yeah. And I think that this game is also doing that where Kyle, which is like, God, man, just the least Star Wars name. (laughs) Katarn, great, great Star Wars name. Very Star Wars. Kyle, not Kyle. (laughs) Like, I'm tempted to just call him Katarn because saying like. Kyle's journey is like I, I feel like I'm talking about like an episode of the OC or something like that. It's very it's it's Kyle. not very Star Warsy. If it was Kyle spelled with an I instead of a Y, would it be more Star Warsy? It, it would, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Because sometimes you can just add a vowel where it doesn't belong. And you're like, yeah, that's Star Wars now, Mama. <laughs> I I do like his arc in this one, right? Like mm-hmm. him saying, no, I'm not interested in being a Jedi. Jan being uh, uh, kidnapped, and then him being like, well, fuck, like I don't have any other option if i want to seek revenge right mm-hmm. like Force I, I just got my ass kicked yeah and so he goes back to the jedi academy and like real ass like luke skywalker is hanging out there and uh he's like hey i need my lightsaber back and uh luke is like yeah i'm gonna give that to you but like dude you are way too angry to be doing this right now 
Mm. Most of the the game is just him trying to grapple with like, what do I do with this? Like, I have this great strength in me mm-hmm. and, and the lightsaber is like a wildly powerful thing to do. How am I going to use that? Versus like, I think that temptation of light versus dark is compelling mm-hmm. to me. Him having to like act like a Jedi rather than just like, I got a cool hat. And that says I'm a Jedi now. <laughs> I'm with Jedi shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's just an arrow pointing up or down. Um, <laughs> down. And yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I, I like, I just, I just find that more interesting. And yeah. it's, it's almost gets to the point of where like, I was hoping that they would go with the last Jedi. Sure. With, you know, maybe Ray was going to be kind of a, allied with Adam driver for a little while or like, that sort of thing, but it kind of, you know, the, I, I don't know. We don't need to rehash the whole fucking new trilogy, but uh-huh. I am more interested in the, in the times where somebody has to actively kind of participate in not being a Sith, despite the fact that like they definitely have that that tendency. Like Kyle regularly in this game, like threatens people with the lightsaber, like just mm-hmm. puts it on the table, like, all right, what are you going to do now? Because I'm not a Jedi. I just have a lightsaber. So like what? Yeah, I'll fuck uh, you up. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I like that. I like that a lot. Unhinged Jedi. Yeah, it is. It is more relatable than mm-hmm. the typical Jedi who is essentially a monk, right? Yeah. Who has you know removed themselves from their emotions and, you know, the world that the rest of us operate in. And now they're putting uh-huh. this like real ass person with feelings and desires and needs into controlling this this great power power so it's just Mm -hmm. it's just a lot more fascinating and interesting and i think also why you know uh what is it kotor did so well because you know you had that dark past that you have in in the first one and now uh turning things around so there's there's the 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 interplay between the good and the bad is always interesting and i think kyle does a good job of kind of playing it down the middle Right. He is kind of he's not for the dark side or the light side. He's just kind of for himself, mm-hmm. just making his own decisions, which is is interesting. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And I think he, he does kind of come down on the Jedi side of this, but it's it's cool to see that because he counts himself as like, I'm not one of the like prototypical Jedi people. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. And not and also the 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 kind of big bad in this game, Desan, who's the guy who like kicked your ass and took Jan. He's also a former Jedi. Like he was training at the Jedi Academy mm-hmm. and left essentially. He, I, I think there was like some line about him. Luke said like, yeah, he, he said he wasn't strong enough to be a Jedi, mm. which is like really good. I, I found that like pretty good writing that like he, he's sort of this foil to Kyle where... <laughs> Um, they, they both have walked away essentially Mm. for different reasons, but both of them have found like the Jedi isn't serving me Yeah, or being a Jedi isn't serving me. And like then coming back to it for like their own purposes, right? Like Desan wants to, uh, I think it's like he wants to go take the crystals that are on the like Jedi Academy planet or the, the, the Valley of the Jedi Mm -hmm. and like put that power into a bunch of different like people so that he can create like force users. And I think like restart the empire or something like that. Yeah. That is a uh, fun storyline. It, it's interesting. And it, I think it draws contrast to the two of them being so similar um, rather than, you know, DeSan just being some some dude who like, well, I don't know, wants to blow up planets or something. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it a lot more compelling where it's like they had really similar starts to their adult life. Mm-hmm. It's just like how they chose to apply these lessons that it makes it feel good rather than just like, yeah, dude, they just like were a Jedi and they did the right thing. Like mm-hmm. that's not as interesting to me. Yeah. 
No, that doesn't make for as fun of a story. There's there's more no. conflict in this one, which is always more interesting. Which is surprising. Like I I don't count myself somebody who's like really interested in like the extended universe that much. Mm-hmm. But like this was some good shit. I was kind of surprised to find that all in here. There's some there's some good stuff in the extended universe stories you know yeah it doesn't always have to be uh, you know the fate of the of the galaxy stuff going on for it to be <laughs> engaging right it could be smaller stories yeah and like i i don't i think it would have been just as interesting if desand didn't have this like big plan right like i think because it's star wars people might expect that and so they kind of had to drive the story that way but it could have just been katarn trying to go get revenge and that be it mm-hmm. and then you know having to decide how he wants to to be it's it's interesting it it could have totally been been that that version of the game, and yeah. I, I still think the story would have been incredible. But mm-hmm. also, this came out in two thousand two, so like people's expectations for what a Star Wars game needed to be may have been quite different than what it is nowadays. Oh, absolutely. What else did you appreciate about appreciate about this game? Anything else land well for you? I appreciated that they did give you like spend a long time of the game just having blasters and guns. Yeah, it's true. I appreciated that. I, one of my favorite games on the N sixty four was Shadow Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire, and the first mm-hmm. person shooting part of this game really reminded me of that. Um, and that it was also very difficult. <laughs> the game kind of kicked my ass a lot. Yeah, man. With the shooting, so it it really did feel like how in the movies it it seems like every only every third or fourth shot of a blaster <laughs> rifle hits. You really yeah. get that experience with this game. Those blaster it's rifles, true. they have a wide spread. You can have it aimed <laughs> right at someone's head, and it just goes way off to the right. So you don't have Han Solo's aim in this game. You are like a stormtrooper. No. You have stormtrooper aim in this game, which is kind of fun yeah so of course you can just go through blasting just crazy amounts of bullets but then you run out of bullets really quick so it is it was engaging in that way of like oh you know you have to really plan out how you go through a room and take people out because otherwise you could end up in a really bad predicament later on if there's a bunch of enemies Mm -hmm. and you just don't have enough ammo um, and you have to go around just tasing them with the stun baton which i had to do quite a few times i just had to dodge bullets and stun people (laughs) right in the face like point blank it was kind of fun actually but yeah it was that i i did appreciate the the variety of weapons as well and then when you do get a lightsaber there's a lot of fun things you can do with it and there's lots of cool force yeah. powers you can use they give you a lot of force powers that you can use in this game they do so just the the amount of gameplay that you can access is pretty cool yeah and i, I thought the i thought the the levels were very you know stars warsy you know they did a good job mm-hmm. of creating that sense of place which was really nice and like you said the story was the story was engaging you know i was interested these these characters were interesting so yeah i think it just did a really great job i don't really have many complaints about the game besides that maybe it was just a little bit too difficult in the beginning before you get the lightsaber yeah i it, it, it also kicked my ass i suspect that like this game was put it was put out for pc and like I have to imagine that it was a little bit easier to aim in that one. Sure. It felt very like floaty with the 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 shooting that you did on the Switch. Yeah, the aiming was, was not precise on. and the Switch is not <laughs> known for its great no. controls for first person shooters, that's for sure. Although it did have gyro controls, which I kind of enjoy in some games <laughs> where you can like twist the controller to get that last little like inch of accuracy that you need. Sure. Yeah. No, I immediately turned those off though. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sensitive. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I turned the sensitivity almost to zero. It was like very small and could only do it when I was not playing in handheld mode mm-hmm. uh, because I like I cannot twist the screen and also see. You're just going to snap so. your switch in half. Yeah, they, they make it feel really significant when you do get all your force powers back in mm-hmm. a way that's like 
yeah, that 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 would feel significant to suddenly go from just a dude who uses a blaster to being able to use like force push and force choke and all that sort and of stuff or like it, throw your lightsaber around. Yeah. And to just be able to reflect any blaster shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. feels so good. I had to dance around those <laughs> damn bullets so much. It's good. It like, it really sets the stage for how significant that will feel later on, which yeah. is neat. Yeah. It really does make you feel very empowered when you get all that back. Like you're a Jedi, which you are. Yeah. Right. So it's it, yeah, it, for sure. it definitely the, the long time that you spend with just the guns really hammers that home and makes it feel like you said special, significant, empowering, yeah. like the power fantasy it's trying to be. Can I tell you some of the things that Brian had to say about this game? Please. Um, so a lot of this is uh, about Brian's dad who enjoyed this game. Oh, sure. Which is uh, now my father in law. Hello, Robbie. Is he a fan? Is he listen to the, to the cast? I don't know if he does. But if he does, hey, hello. Brian had to say about this game, when we first got our first computer in 1995, my dad had a few games that he played. He said at some point, dad got a like flight simulator uh, stick, you know, the like yep. the, the flight sim sticks, yep. the flying sticks, and decided to play, I think it was Dark Forces 2. It was one of the earlier entries in the series. Uh -huh. Brian said he would uh, watch him play every, each night after work, and it was thrilling. It was so gritty and so dark. He said it featured characters that weren't Luke, Leia, and Darth, uh, so not only was it his first time seeing a modern video game it was the uh, his first time seeing star wars universe expanded which is cool like i agree that it not being centered around luke and leia and darth was like nice that's great i love that mm -hmm. let's see brian said his dad made his way through the game all while playing with the joystick which man that sounds tough that's impressive. as a way to aim that's impressive <laughs> yeah that's a flex for sure absolutely but he said he kept getting his ass kicked in this like final battle and he said he tried every single night over and over and over again and couldn't do it mm -hmm. but uh that he was hard to discourage but after what he felt like weeks of attempts finally threw in the towel however it turns out uh, that he hadn't found enough like secrets throughout the game uh-huh because those give you more force powers oh. uh, and therefore couldn't unlock powers that would make the final battle like reasonable at all gotcha and so he goes to Costco and gets this like gigantic gamer's guide for this game. Uh, Brian yeah. said he's never seen one quite as big. Black and white small print, hundreds of pages. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said he uh, then proceeds to start the game over and completes it 100%. Like just completely every single secret, every single inch of this game is covered. And uh, he said he plays through trying to maintain perfect attunement with the light side of the force, gets the final boss battle and beats him in one go. <laughs> he puts the game down and never plays it again. Again, a flex. <laughs> man Good it's like Lord. all right I've, I've rung you dry of entertainment <laughs> yeah oh, oh gosh anyway so brian said when jedi outcast came out we had no modern consoles in our home so i played it at our neighbor's house i played it a lot here was my chance to finally pay, play through something like what my dad uh, was so captivated by before i was so stoked on kyle katarn it was the end of the prequels and i just wanted them to make movies about this world so bad i knew the first level first level of this game by heart we would play it all the time it was in my mind the greatest game i had ever played Mm -hmm. and uh, said sometimes in or sometime in college he needed a hit of nostalgia and bought it on steam and then of course did the father like son had to 100 percent at every single secret beautiful which he's he said once again i did put it down and never played it again the circle was complete <laughs> <laughs> made it work it, it this this game definitely reminds me of like this is this is a dad game like mm -hmm. I can definitely see dads being really into this one. Yeah, dads on their gaming PCs with with mm -hmm. the stick. Every dad in the <laughs> '90s and the early 2000s had that fucking stick for their PC. I swear to God, the Sidewinder Precision Pro. 
Oh my god. This sounds like some real shit. It's like a, a very dad understanding of video games and like what they are, uh-huh. right? Just like, yeah, it's a joystick, man. You know, I play video games, but it sounds like you had a good time with those other ones. So, you know, power to you. That's a gaming joystick for sure. That's it. That is a gaming joystick. Beautiful. It's cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing your experience with us, Brian. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. That's awesome. I do enjoy hearing like which which of these games people have like very personal experiences with and i can see how this one specifically would be like kind of a mind altering moment cuz it does i think in hindsight it, it it was a pretty wild expand on on the star wars universe mm-hmm. and especially when like there just wasn't very much of that kind of stuff around like anytime you got video games in existing universes it was kind of mind blowing i know that's like silly to say nowadays cuz like every universe has a video game and like mm-hmm. you can just go like download a fortnite skin and be satisfied with it it's true that's not that's not meant as a dig just like it was harder to find back in the day and so i think it was kind of mind blowing to see it like this mm-hmm. yeah no it is it was it's different right it's mm-hmm. different when you get to i mean back then it was different i should say when you didn't just have this you know cornucopia of of content that we have nowadays Mm -hmm. when something like this came out it was pretty pretty special when you got to so expand upon something that you loved so yeah it was pretty pretty cool and still fun i still had a good time with this i enjoyed it i thought the lightsaber stuff was quite fun i definitely could have done without the platforming in a first person shooter game but like yes yeah take and take what take it and leave it you know yeah it gets it gets a little bit better when you get the big force jump but yes yeah not great when you had the little <laughs> the thick boy jump i i fell to my death so many times and the the checkpoint system in this game is just not forgiving you just really have to be saving oh, it's all so the time. bad <laughs> it's so bad yeah the you, first time i i like realized just how bad the the save was i had like gotten through that a first part of the level the the very first level where uh-huh. you like go down the elevator with yep. uh, jan yep and i got pretty far into it and i got to the part where like one of the like bridges that you're on falls apart uh-huh i was like oh shit i guess i have to jump through here died and then it's like all right start back here dude Oh my god! All like the way to the elevator. Ago. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, same heck. The same thing happened to me. The checkpoint system was brutal. And then it was just okay. Yeah. This is an old game. I had to do what we used to do, which just save every single minute after you do something <laughs> that was slightly important. Yeah, even a little bit challenging. Well, time to save. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I I can see somebody if if like they haven't played this kind of game before, like that could be kind of a challenging thing to return to. Cuz like I feel like games have really gotten checkpoints figured out now. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for the better. Like I don't think somebody should really have to worry about that all that much. No. No, people people don't have time to worry about whether or not they're going to start at the right place again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, do you have any other feelings about uh Jedi Outcast, David? Uh no, I thought it was great. It's a fun game. Good lightsaber stuff, yeah. good force stuff, good blaster stuff interesting star wars story yeah quite enjoyed it yeah i i'm i'm with you my final verdict is also good i enjoy this one definitely there are parts of it that you can see when it was made but there's other really great parts about it i thought it was really fun yeah overall still still stands the test of time shouts out kyle shouts out kyle If you want to contact us, check out our social media, send us suggestions Uh for video games to do on the show in the future, you can head on over to 
podtimism.com and check uh-huh. all that out on this beautiful website that Chase Albee himself has made from scratch with his with his, it. with his with with the sweat from his brow he he forged this this website from nothing farm to fork uh farm, finger farm finger to, to fork, farm finger to motherboard finger finger to mouse finger to mouse how about that one fingerton mouse sounds like a fancy mouse from england <laughs> who's friends with Paddington Bear, right? Good evening. I'm Fingerton Mouse. You're listening to NPR. He's definitely a mouse with a top hat, a monocle, and a, and a cane, right? And like a little tuxedo. Yeah, I, th- I, I think he has to be. I don't, I don't know what the other option would even be. Yeah, he was familiar with the queen once upon a time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, you can visit our website, poddomism.com, uh-huh. and check out all the stuff on there. It's great. It's good for you. It's good for you. Yes, you can also on on the website. I think we have our beautiful podcast art as well on there, which was made by the one Scout Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Beautiful art. She's a great, great artist. This is she the is. Scout out of the week. In case you were wondering, <laughs> if you are interested in commissioning her, you can go over to co ficom goat and see if her commissions are mm-hmm. open. But she is a busy individual so you know they might not be but worth waiting for they might not be but uh I, i've also noticed that she's got a link to her big tiny shop dot com uh, where you can buy some stuff Ooh. some stickers some merch some merch all right there's good stuff in there so if you were at all interested give it a look going big time merch now going big time well done well so done. yes thank you scout the podcast art mm-hmm. is great <laughs> yes uh you can if you really want to help us out you can leave a review wherever yeah. you can review this podcast yeah. we always appreciate any feedback and we love reading what people write it's great uh you can also spread the good word to your friends about pontimism if you think there are other mm-hmm. people who might enjoy this let them know about us not that's fine. Just, yeah, it, it's a great way for us to, you know, spread our user base if uh, you spread the word of mouth. It's great. We love it. Thank you. Uh, and please spread the word of mouth. <laughs> please spread the word of mouth. That sounds that sounds like a disease at that point. It's a little challenging. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I fucked that one up. Anyways, um, <laughs> also, thank you, dear listener, for letting mm. me uh, put my word of mouth in you. Uh, this, oh my god <laughs> this week i can't yeah. stop now chase i'm sorry <laughs> but yeah uh we really appreciate that you spend your time listening to this podcast it's great we would do it yeah. even if people didn't listen and it's pretty cool that people spend time listening to this so yeah thank you very much yeah thank you we we do not take it for granted so thank you for hanging out with us weekly yes seeing like slightly more people like talking about and get kind of getting engaged with the stuff that we're covering which is like it's fun i i I don't take that as like, it's cool to get more exposure. I just think it's cool to talk about video games. So absolutely, I am glad that other people are sort of spurned on by the conversations that we're having. So Mm -hmm. um, keep keep suggesting games. We'll keep playing them. There's a, like I said, there's a, there's a big old pile of them, Yeah, but we see them all and we will play them all. And I love it. So Chase, uh, do you have any video game word and mouth for this week? Yeah, I think it's got to be come up with cool names, man. (laughs) Come up with cool names. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, in the next handful of years, we'll Mm. probably look at becoming a dad and like mm. i don't want to put anybody on blast but like if it, if you are in a world where you can fly a spaceship <laughs> i don't know if kyle's gonna cut it i mean can i just throw katarn all out there that's great 
That's really good. good that name, sounds right? like a space. That's that's a spacefaring person. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And and listen, all of our Kyles who listen to this, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on blast. I think it's just like <laughs> no, you're kind of it on feels. Kyle. I sorry, Kyles. I like it's just it feel it doesn't feel like a space name. You know, it really like doesn't. I, Kyles Kyles have been hanging out on Earth for a long time. Yeah, like if you went into space and the guy's name was like Kevin or something, you're like, oh, yeah, man. man. At least they, at least call Come yourself on. Space Kevin. <laughs> Spevin. I like Spevin. Spevin. That's a weird name for for spacefaring people. So could Kyle be Spile? I'm cool with Spile. That's not a name I've heard before. Spile Katarn. Does yeah, does that right. get your your sci-fi going? That gets my sci-fi going. My my spaceship juices are fl- are flowing I, I, it sucks even saying it it sucks Your spaceship juices man okay now we know uh one of chase's kinks yeah unfortunately spaceships it's space it's space wasn't that a thing for a while where people drew like sexy spaceships i mean it's it's 2023 man if you say wasn't that a thing wasn't that a kink i i of course <laughs> it was somewhere it, it then bowsette was a thing afterwards and then you know, god knows what after that hey man that was, that was a good time. That was a good time. <laughs> I'm here for a good that. time, not a space time. Anyway, I think I think my true gaming wisdom is go to space. If possible, mm. like, if you have the opportunity, mm-hmm. I think it's, like, very cool. Maybe not, like, now, because, like, the people who can get you there are not so cool. But, like, if you have just, like, a Y-wing laying around. I would be afraid that if Elon Musk tried to send me to space, he would try to take over my body somehow. <laughs> Or he would he would charge you to get in the rocket to come back to Earth. Ooh, that too. He was like, "Oh, your labor <laughs> covered the cost of the the flight there, yeah. but not the flight back, buddy." <laughs> That's like actually the plot of Hard Space Shipbreaker. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and you have to change your name to Kyle. We're all Kyles Ooh, up here. No, your your spile <laughs> no longer. Say goodbye to Spevin. <laughs> you got a boring Earth name for this spacefaring society we've, we're now creating. In space, no one can hear you, Kyle. King Spellan. <laughs> Okay, that's that's probably enough, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Yep, see ya. Goodbye. Goodbye.